I love, I love when, when we press in and Pastor Allen encourages us to call out to heaven and assume whatever posture or position that that means for you. I, I don't know uh, if, if you guys, I, I read uh, the, the version Bible app. I read the daily devotional each day. I love the scripture and, and uh, there's, a, there's a video that, that I, I watch and then I have times of prayer, but, but I, I love, and it reminded me of, of our verse of the day today is, um, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just don't know how to pray or what to pray. In fact, if, if people come to me and we had people after this service come and say, hey, would you pray for me? My response is, what do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray? Right? Trying to get a little snapshot as to where I should go and, and, and what have you. But there are just some times in which I don't know exactly how to pray or what to pray. You ever been there? I just knew I needed to. I needed to do something. And, and, and there are those times in which I know exactly what to pray and where to go, but sometimes, and so I loved the verse of the day today because it was a reminder that when we don't know what to pray, we have a power within us called the Holy Spirit of God that prays for us. It says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. This is Romans eight twenty six. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now, I want to freak some of us out that grew up in maybe a different denomination that were unaccustomed to when the Holy Spirit begins to take over and pray. Groanings. Maybe utterances, some translations say. Sometimes I sometimes just begin to hum and and I, and I sing every once in a while. And it's bad. It's really bad. But, but heaven is going to sound good one day, right? We're all going to sound good. But hey, I want to encourage us with something here today that I was reminded of this morning. And, 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 and really what I believe that God has for you and for us as a congregation. If you're new and kind of checking us out here at 1910 Church. And, and listen, we, we want the fullness of God. Let me say that again. Rewind the tape. At 1910 Church, we want the fullness of God. I, I, don't, I don't want just bits and pieces of Him. I don't want just those parts that feel good to me or sound good to me or those things that, 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 that I can figure out on my own. Listen, I, I believe that God is ready to unleash more of Himself on a body of people that really want everything that He is fully capable of doing. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that the things we read about in Scripture, do you believe that God is able to still, to still bring those to reality today? All right, good. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I do too. If he's done it before, I believe he'll do it again. We sing songs like that. I've seen you move, you move the mountains. and I We sing that, right? I believe you'll do it again. Well, in this thing of praying, sometimes we may not know exactly what to pray, but I love the reminder today in Romans chapter eight that the Holy Spirit takes over. And I don't know if you've ever been around somebody, sometimes when the Holy Spirit takes over them and prays, it might not make sense. Or it might not sound intelligible. And can I just give us, be okay with that. I, 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 I'm much more okay with a person that is being led by God in the spirit and surrendered to the spirit. I, I'm okay with that versus a person that 
that continues to give the Holy Spirit of God the Heisman and kind of keeps them at length and, and, and won't let the Holy Spirit of God take over and control. And so I, I want you to know that, that there are some times in which I don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit, as it says in Romans 8, takes over. It's in groanings. It's in utterances. It's in maybe a language that doesn't make sense. And, and, and you don't need to, listen, that's what we would call a prayer language. Now, we're not going to force that on people, nor does the Holy Spirit doesn't force that upon people. But sometimes he just might take over and begin to pray with you and for you. And I just want to give us permission not to be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. A prayer language is a personal thing between an individual and God. Amen. It's an individual thing. And sometimes people might just have a, a moment with the Lord and, or they might hum or sing or, or, or what have you, do burpees. I don't know. I mean, just, just kidding. I don't read about burpees in scripture, but, and I do believe that burpees are of the devil, by the way. You, for those of you that know what a burpee is, you know what I'm talking about. Who came up with that? Satan? Satan. He did. Um, now, now listen, mountain climbers. Okay, stop it. This is not a CrossFit session. But um, prayer language and the spiritual gift of tongues, two different things. And we can preach and teach on that. Maybe, maybe we should do that in the, in the next few weeks. But the spiritual gift of tongues is a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit does give and enables some people with. But it's given for the edification of the church and for everyone in, in attendance, right? Some of you may have been in some instances in which somebody stood up and had a spoke in a tongue and well, if it's of the Lord, then somebody's there to interpret that so that we all can enjoy the fruit of what God is doing there. I just want to give us permission to, to pursue God and all that he has for us. I don't want you to miss out on anything that God wants to say or do in your life. And this is not about, Hey, I'm uber spiritual and you're some second class. That is not. And then a lot of churches preach that too. No, this is not about that. It's just simply do not be afraid to yield yourself to the Lord and what he wants for your life. Amen. Hey, that may look like this week. You having a conversation with somebody that you don't like. Come on, at the count of three, just call that person's name out right now. No, just don't do that because we're on the worldwide webs and we don't want to, by the way, those of you that are watching us online, can we welcome our online audience today? Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Honored that you're watching us and just want you to know the camera does make me look bigger than I really am in person. So come try it yourself and look and see that I'm really not. Anyway, um, I don't know what I was saying. Guys, I've not preached in a long time. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit, yeah, Holy Spirit, Jesus, whatever. Let's, we want all of him. Amen. And all that. So uh, I want to share with you some things today. And I'm glad you're here. You picked a good day to come. And uh, because I believe that God's got some exciting, dynamic things that he wants to say and do today. I may have to tap out early because I've not done this in a long time, but I believe my wife has written a great sermon for you today that I'm going to deliver for you. Amen. So it's going to be good. Um, I like for us to pray if we can, and we're going to dive into it. Is that all right? Um, I like to pray for other churches and works around our community by uh, Bernie and Bandera and Bull Verde and even other towns that don't start with the letter B all around this area are filled with incredible houses of worship today. 
I've texted pastors this morning in Comfort, San Antonio. Um, texted a pastor in Leon Springs because they need some Jesus. We all do. It's right. I'm joking. But I just like to pray. And today I want us to pray for another church that's here in our neighborhood and uh, that is celebrating their 17th anniversary today. Last week was ours and this week is theirs. So today we're going to pray and join arms with another spiritual family of ours that are just worshiping at a different location. And let's just be real. They're probably getting a better sermon than you're getting today as well. So if you need good preaching, I want to encourage you to check out Trinity Presbyterian on Ammon Road. It's a great church. Pastor Alan Taha, his wife Tracy are good friends of ours. We started churches around the same time, 17 years ago. And, and we love this couple and they've been faithful and God is blessed. So if you will join me in prayer, would you grab a hand of a person next to you right now? Some of you are reconsidering who you're sitting next to right now. And that's kind of rude, but, um, but grab a hand as a sign of unity in this house as we pray together today. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for who you are first and foremost. Come on, somebody. Is God good? Just tell him right now. Come on, just tell him out loud. Come on, fill it up. God, you're good. You're good. You've seen me through this week. God, you've been faithful. You've provided for me. God, you've been patient with me. Good grief. I've been lazy this week, but you've never left me. You're still there. God, I've seen you do things this week that I thought were impossible, but you show up. You're like some superhero. You are God and you are awesome. Why would I ever question or doubt you, God? Come on. Anybody can relate to that today. He's just good. You are worthy of our worship. Pastor Allen and the team led us in that, but it is true, God. You're worthy. Wow. Thank you, God, for who you are. Lord, I'm excited about what you're doing here in Bernie in the hill country. And Lord, I believe that you woke us up today. That must mean there's still work for us to do in your kingdom. You're not finished. You're not finished. Still lost people need a savior. There's still people that are hurting, they're hopeless, and they're looking for answers, God. And God, we have what they need. Hey, there's work for us to do here, Lord. God, it's a thrill for me today to pray for my brother in Christ, Pastor Alan Taha, and those that are gathered today off of Ammon Road at Trinity Presbyterian Church. Lord, we love them, and we are honored to suit up on Team Jesus with them, Lord. Lord, Pastor Allen and his wife Tracy have been so faithful for in this community for years. And God, they have been preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. And they have discipled people. And Lord, they've been a part of missions work. And Lord, I'm just so thankful that, that we have good churches like Trinity Prez that are, that are making the devil mad. Woo! They're populating heaven. And they're faithful, God. Lord, I'm praying today that as they celebrate their anniversary, that Lord, Pastor Allen would preach the sermon of his life. I'm praying that, that someone who's hurting today would find healing and someone who, who, who needs an answer would find that Jesus is that. Wow. For someone that's just checking out that church for the first time and say, hey, you know what? It's a great house. I'm coming back next week. Thank you, God. Thank you for Pastor Allen Taha people gathered at Trinity Press today. We celebrate with them. Isn't that right, church? Celebrate with them today. It's good. It's good. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here. Have you felt him yet? Thank you, God, for what you're doing. And we're excited 
about what you're going to say in these next six hours together. And Lord, just thankful for the opportunity we have to open up our lives to you. And this is my prayer right now. And maybe you want to make this yours. Holy Spirit, have your way. Those five words, I believe, can transform your life today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come and do what you want to do. Come and do what you want to do. young lady here right now that feels bad about who she is that that the devil has uh come into your thoughts this week and started speaking things that make you feel like you're just insignificant or you're worthless I just feel like there's somebody that the Lord is saying that that person's here right now That's not how God sees you. You need to know that he loves you and he's for you. In fact, his word says in Romans 8.31 that God is for us. And although somebody else may have ripped you up on social media or made fun of you because, um, I don't know, you're, you didn't get the homecoming mom this week. you didn't have a date or you're just not pretty enough no one wants to spend that is that is that those are lies from the pit of hell and that is not how God sees you so if that's you here today young lady I want you to know that God loves you and maybe you just might be facing some resistance or negativity because the devil knows how dangerous you are to him. And God's got a better calling on your life than to be popular or to be accepted or to be the life of the party. There's an anointing on your life and I want you to embrace that. If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm persuaded to believe you can't separate us from the wonderful love of God. Height nor depth, principalities, things present, things to come. No, the devil may hate us, but nothing can ever separate us from that wonderful love of God. So, young lady, 
daughter of the king, princess. Walk in that identity. That's you. Well, Lord, thank you for that moment. And I pray, God, that you would just take over and as you have and speak now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Ooh, yeah. Glad you're here today. You picked a good day to be in church. Bad day because I've not been here for three months. And so um, three months, that's six. Actually, I preached five while I was so about, You got about eight hours today. I got to make up some time. So I see Pastor Gary Mathis over here. Pastor, Gary, How many of you are here when Pastor Gary preached this summer? He do all right? He do all right? I told him, if you'll just preach it like I wrote it, it'll be fine, Pastor Gary. Just... Actually, no, this is an anointed man of God, and, and I don't know how many times I've had to call him, and Pastor Gary drives in from the big city of Blanco. That's another B-town, Blanco. I mean, we're making it hard for people to go to hell in Blanco, Texas, aren't we? We're going to take over. Uh, hill country dominance, that's our motto here. No, just kidding. Um, but it's just good to be here. Today, I want to share with you, each year we, we operate with what we call a word for the year. Uh, and, and today I want to share that with you. This, this word for the year has kind of, for us, has, has kind of set our trajectory. We, we begin to plan things. We begin to, to lead you guys in a direction that helps us accomplish what we feel that, that God has for us. And can I just tell you something? I believe that the times in which we live in demand new wine skin and new wine. I believe that there's fresh manna. I believe it's a new day. And listen, the way we've been doing it for, for, for some time, I, I just believe that God's got a new something he has for us. There's a new way for us. And, and, and if you were with us last week, round of applause if you were at church last Sunday. Okay. For those of you that weren't at church last Sunday, would you stand up right now so that we can spotlight you? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, it's not, not about attendance because there are a lot of sorry people at church today. But anyway, I just, just no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I are one of them. Just preach, my wife says. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And, um, uh, but, but, but last week, I just, th- this summer, the Lord showed me a, a weakness and, and, and corrected some thought in my life is that I've been so concerned about just filling up, filling up this room versus filling up heaven. And, and, and I'm just going to just tell you something right now. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to play games any longer in this thing that we call the body of Christ. Okay. Um, and, and, and one of the things you need to know is that, that we're going to begin to challenge us to that. This is, this is good. Gathering is good, but there's more to life than this, that Christ has for us. You need to know that. Right. And so when you gather here today, we're going to do what we can to, or each time we're going to gather and, and, and we're going to try to equip you and empower you, but send you out ready to charge the gates of hell with water pistols. We want to go out and make a difference. Okay. Because your friends are dying without a savior. You know what happens to people when they die and have not asked Jesus to be Lord of their lives. They go to hell. It's a good sermon. It's pleasant. Welcome home. Thank you. I'm just, those of that watching online are trying to find out where is Osteen preaching right now so we can find him on the internets. But seriously, but you need to know something. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil. 
But the reality is that people that have not received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when they breathe their last breath, and by the way, none of us know when that's going to be. If you don't know Jesus, you spend eternity separated from him in a place called hell. I just think that people matter to God so much and that we've been called to not just to gather, sit, and soak. We've been called to go and tell. We are a church about finding and restoring. So you're going to get that from us. Now, listen, I know that not everybody's going to drink that Kool-Aid. Not everybody wants to be a part of it. Some of you just want a great message and a great sermon, and you want to slip in, slip out, and, and no one talk to you or, or challenge you to serve or to give or to grow or go deeper. Uh, but, I'm just saying, we're not going to waste any time this year at 1910. Is that okay? And so over the next few weeks, and it's going to get hot and heavy next Sunday. So if you are thinking about another church to go visit, next week might be your Sunday to go. Because here it's on, it's going to be, it's going to be full throttle, okay? Not to say that today's some warm-up session, but, but next week I'm going to begin to specifically get down and dirty with you and say, hey, this is what God's calling us to be about. You're going to hear us talk over the next few weeks as we cast vision and share with you some downloads. Listen, I've been gone three months and I don't know if you've ever carved out time to just sit and soak and to pursue God. But when you do that, he shows up and he shows you some things. And I don't think he shows up in our lives and speaks things into us just to waste time and to just, you know, play around with us. No, he's serious. And the call of God for our world today is big. It's huge, but it's going to require a lot of us to be a part. So you need to know this about us at 1910 church. And many of you are visiting and those of you watching us online, here's the deal. We don't have membership here at 1910 church. We don't because membership means that oftentimes that people just sit and expect the church and the staff to do things for them. I'm a member. I'm a member of a country club. Country music is what I love. I'm so sorry, guys. So sorry. But we have this country club membership mentality in the body of Christ. And we sit and soak too much. And I think heaven's just saying, we can't do that anymore. I believe that the return of the Lord, it's getting near every day. It has been ever since Jesus rose from the grave. Amen. And so, but we just can't dilly dally around any longer. And so we don't have membership. But what we do, we have things we call partners. And we're going to be asking you guys, listen, if this vision that we begin over these next few weeks resonates with you, and if you're serious about getting down and dirty, making the devil mad, and making a difference for eternity in people's lives, listen, we would be honored for you to partner with us. We're looking for teammates, you might say. Yeah. You know? And it's this vision for this house is bigger than, than, than the staff of this church, as great as they are. And aren't we blessed with this staff at 1910 Church? We are. We got good people, right people in place. And so, but we need more. We need more. So you're going to be hearing more about that. You're going to be hearing more of that. But today I'm excited to share with you a word, a word that's going to set the trajectory for where we're headed. In 1965, Jackie DeShannon sang a song that went something like this. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing. Come on, how many of you remember that song? I wasn't around in 1965. Those of you who just raised your hand, thank you for declaring how old you are. But uh, it's a great song. We all have heard it. 
In fact, some of you are gonna Google it on YouTube right now. You're gonna see her. She had a great beehive. It was awesome. She got some singers behind her. It is a great video. Watch it. It's a great song. And Jackie DeShannon and the writers of that song were right. What the world does need is love. Um, in fact, God knew that. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We know that, John three sixteen, right? So this thing, love and what the world's needed is, is not anything new. And it wasn't just a problem in 1965. But, 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 but I think, you know, we still need love. We do. But, but, but I, wanna, I want us to look at that from a different perspective. And I want to I add something to that that, that I think is, is as needed in our culture today. You ready for this? You ready for this? I think if I could rewrite a song, it would sound something like this. <laughs> this is going to be great. You ready? I'm not going to do that for you guys because it would be bad. But if I could rewrite the song, I would say what the world needs now is hope. Hope. We need hope. You know, when you look that word hope up in the dictionary, it means this. It means a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. You guys all are people of hope, right? So I many of you gathered around a television set and you watched football yesterday. You hoped that your team would win. You hoped that Texas offense would show up in the second half against the Wyoming Cowboys. You hoped that the CU Buffaloes would actually pull it out against the, what a great game. Some of y'all are going to be hoping and on your knees and praying that today at 325 that the Cowboys would win against the, and some of y'all, let's just be honest, some of you Cowboy fans, you, you, when, when their quarterback got hurt Monday night, you knew what was coming up this week and you went, yes, shame on you, but we're people of hope, right? We hope that we'll have kids one day. Hope maybe, maybe we hope we get married. You're supposed to get married before you have kids, by the way, that's God's way. We hope to get married. We hope to have children. We hope that those kids can make it through this school year and promote to the next grade. We hope that they will graduate. And after they graduate, we hope that those kids will move out of our house. We hope. We have a desire and an expectation. We hope to maybe have grandkids. And really, are grandkids better than your real kids? They are. I'm offended by that. I thought my mom loved me. She really loved me. <laughs> but we are people that hope, right? It's good to have hope. And we look for hope in, in all different corners of our culture today, don't we? Some of y'all are hoping to change your financial status. That's why you buy scratch-offs. You're hoping to hit it big. If I can just hit the lottery, woo! Then my finance, listen, and by the way, if you win that thing, I will take that money from you and put it to good use for the, the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. Y'all are going to run to the supermarket afterwards and buy those things. But, but we look for hope. We're looking for hope in the latest, greatest, you know, surgeries. Or if I just hang out with this group of people, or if I could really embrace the lifestyle of the housewives of Salt Lake City, then I would really have it all figured out and together, right? Now that I watch that, I've just been told. <laughs> we look for hope. 
and we're desperate for it, are we not? Man, we see stories of atrocities all around our community and around the globe. Fires destroying people's lives and homes. Social injustice at a rampant. We see another mass shooting here or there, even in our political culture. I mean, we are states that don't seem to be united at all, right? Some of you have been hit with the sudden loss of a family member. It's been a health diagnosis. You thought you were going in for just a routine checkup and the doctor asks, is there anyone that's here with you today? We are looking for hope because let's just be real. Sometimes life doesn't go as we think it should. And when we're left, when we can't figure things out, we begin to look and try to find an answer. That's why I'm glad you're here today. Because for me, when life has seemed to spiral out of control, I have found hope. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And when I tether my life, when I anchor my life to him, that doesn't mean that it always goes perfectly, but in the midst of the darkness, I have hope in Jesus Christ. I, I remember hearing a story in, in, the, in 2010, the, the, the massive earthquake that hit Haiti, 7.0, I believe, on the magnitude. And, and, and we know that there were thousands upon thousands of people that lost their lives or that were, that, 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 that were maimed or hurt in some form or fashion. Destruction all over that island, right? And, and, and when, when the story's told that when, when, when there was very little hope and they were giving up hope to find any other other survivors. On day 11, they found a man that had been buried in a, in in the grocery store that was located in a hotel lobby there. His name was uh, Zisman Exantis. And they found him lying under the rubble and they rescued him. And it's told that when they was found himself in the hospital, he was thanking and praising God. Mr. Xantus said this about his time laying under the rubble. He said, I spent my time reciting scripture and psalms and praying and sleeping. But he said, I've got to get to church and thank God because I knew, I knew that they were coming and searching for me. We live in a culture today where people are buried under the rubble of life. Do they know that there is hope? Church, do they know that we are searching and coming for them? You see, that's what this house is all about. Luke 19.10 reminds us the purpose of Jesus is to find and restore. Listen, you need to know that we're going to hold that high and we're going to take it serious this year. We've got to find people and give them the hope that we have. Now, I'm glad that the Bible is filled with story after story of hope people that were filled with hope. Noah was obedient 
to what God had called him to do to build an ark long before it had ever rained or flooded. Abraham was trusted God when God said, I'm going to give you a child, even though it took 25 years and he was around a hundred years old when he had that firstborn son. Come on, old people have some babies. <laughs> not on your life. Uh, I, I'm, re I, I'm, I'm reminded of, of, of Moses who trusted God and he overcame one of his greatest fierce when he said, go and face Pharaoh and deliver my people out of bondage. I'm reminded of Joseph who, who trusted and was obedient to the things that God called him to do when, when he, he, he knew that there was a famine coming. So they worked hard to store up and prepare and God used Joseph and blessed him to be a messenger of hope to people when it seemed hopeless. Where will we eat? How will we make it through? If any of these people and so many more stories within scripture, if any of these people would have just said, you know what? I give up. It looks too bleak. It's too dark. There is no possible way. Or my situation just seems imp. When will it ever end? We wouldn't have those stories, but yet they were people of hope. People of faith. They believe that God is who he says he is and that God can do what he says he can do. My question is to us today, do we? Do we? Do we believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do? Come on, somebody. How many of you have seen God show up in your life? You've seen him work a miracle. You've seen him do something in your life that seemed impossible. It went against status quo. People had given up on you, but God had not finished. And he shows up and he does something in you. And I just want to remind you, if he's done it before, he can do it again. Abraham lived with expectancy. He believed that God would do what he says he would do. Look what it says in the book of, uh, I think I'm in Romans chapter four. Look what it says in verse 18. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. And then what do the next four words say? For God had said. For someone here today, hold on to that promise. For God has said, for God had said to Abraham, that's how many descendants you will have. Look what verse 19 says. You don't have it, but it says this. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. <laughs> and so was Sarah's. Can you imagine them showing up at that first get together in their neighborhood after having a baby? Abraham, Sarah, it's great that you brought your great-grandchildren with you today. No, our firstborn. We're proud of this one. Really. Can you imagine? Oof, a story to tell. Look at verse 20. said, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. Can I encourage somebody with that today? It may seem hopeless. And you may be about to throw in the towel because you've tried and you've looked and you just can't make sense of life. I want you to remember this promise. 
Abraham never wavered. He believed God, God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Wow. God is able. Hope means to live with expectancy. In fact, do we have that biblical definition of hope? Can we go back several screens? I think we've got that word. When we talk about biblical hope, it means to trust that the future is for us and not against us. Abraham believed that. And as the people of God, may we never give up believing in the hope that we have. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And doesn't that just bring you great joy? Knowing that he's for us and not against us. Knowing that there's nothing that can ever separate us from him. Knowing that he's got a great plan and a future for us. And when the devil has tried to, to, to knock you out and keep you out, that God says, oh no, I've not given up. I'm still here. And I've got so much more for you. Hallelujah. Wow. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. You know, I'm so thankful that Jesus has saved me. I'm so thankful that at the age of nine, I asked Jesus Christ, hey, you know, I'd sing all these songs in church all my life and in colored pictures. And, and we had puppets in our church growing up. Come on, somebody. Have any puppet people in the house? We need to bring back some puppets. Hallelujah. Um, but I'll never forget, I always heard that Jesus loved me. This I know for the Bible and my Sunday school teacher, my mom told me, I mean, my pastor told me. I, mean, I just knew that. At the age of nine, I said, you know, there's got to be more than just Jesus. Love, he loves me. Why? Well, because he wants to do something in you and through you. Wow. And I said yes to Jesus. Jesus saved me. And that's good. But Jesus didn't just die on the cross to save me. He died for the world. For God so loved the world. That means it's not just you. I used to sing a song that said, red and yellow, black and white and brown. They are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world, right? Hey, Christian, check this out. You've been saved You've been given this great hope that we have in Jesus Christ, not just for your benefit. I mean, that's good, but for the benefit and the blessing of others. And oh, by the way, you need to know we ain't going to mess around with that at 1910 because we're going to continue to challenge and encourage us, the possessors of this hope, to take and share that hope with others. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your what? If they ask you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Here's what we believe. At 1910 Church, those of us who are in Christ, we are hope dealers. You're going to get a t-shirt as you leave today on the back that says dealer. I'm not going to do that because I know we got some law enforcement guys in here and, and, and I work with those guys too. But listen, if there's anything we ought to peddle or distribute as people who are in Christ, is it not hope? 
Listen, I'm so grateful and thankful that you and I are gonna get to spend eternity in heaven one day. You say, wait a minute, we get to do this. Yeah, we're gonna do this every day, all day, one day. I, you will never get away from me. And I'm gonna sing, bounce, dance, and be loud and obnoxious in front of Jesus. You need to know that. But guys, we're here to give other people what we have. Hide it under a bush. Oh no. You remember that song too, don't you? We're called to be hope dealers. We give people what we have. That's our calling. And shame on me as a pastor that's been so concerned about making sure I get butts in the seats versus souls to heaven. Now, I'm not saying this is bad. Please hear my heart. But listen, God has called us more. We're called to populate heaven, not just to gather on Sundays. We're called to distribute hope. We're called to go to that young man and that young, young woman who are ready to give up. Who are ready to give up. We have the hope within us. Romans chapter 15 verse 13. We're almost done. You guys are awesome. Worship team, go ahead and come back up. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Hope his name is Jesus. I pray it says that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Oh, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. May I ask you a question today? Where are you at in relation to hope? Are you a person of hope? You have any? Or you're like, I'm tired, bro. I, I, I can't go on anymore. And I've, I'm just done. I told you I was glad you're here today because hope is here. Jesus. And Jesus is the hope that our world needs and what you need. Maybe the question, the follow-up question of that is where are you at when it comes to sharing that hope with other people? Are you a stingy believer? <laughs> kind of hoarding Jesus all to yourself and I got him and you don't. I mean, or do you pass him on? You, you, you know, when you, when you go to a restaurant and eat a good meal, have good service, pay a good price, what do you do? You tell people about it. When you go to see a movie and you like it and it's good and, and you, 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 you tell people about that. Hey man, you got to go see this. Or when you have a, when you get a good haircut, somebody, right? You pass that on to somebody, don't you? I'm just wondering, do we believe in Jesus like that? Do, do, do we believe in Jesus as much as we do a restaurant? Do, 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 do we believe in Jesus just as much as we do our barber? Or that movie? Whoa! You see what I'm saying? If we do, there is nothing that will stop us 
from wheeling and dealing. We are hope dealers. And that's what this house is going to be about. And I pray for those of you that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. May you share him with others. Share him with others. Would you stand with me today? I think we're going to come out and I I want us to sing today a song that just reiterates what we're saying today. And I pray that we would see that Jesus is the hope that people need. That Jesus is able and more than able to do infinitely more we ever dream, ask, think, or imagine. But he's the hope that our world needs today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes real quick before we sing this song? I just want to ask you a question. Are you here today? No one's looking around. It's just me. Are you here today? And you have never placed your hope in Jesus. And when I say you've never placed your hope in Jesus, I'm talking about you've never come to that place that I came to, like I described at the age of nine, where I said, Jesus, I know you love me. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I know that there is no way that that I could ever clean myself up. But Jesus, you died for me. And through your blood, I can be forgiven of my sins. Be washed clean. Jesus, will you forgive me and come into my life? And will you save me? Will you become Lord of my life? see, that's the hope I have. I've done that. And even though I may not be this or that, and things may not be going my way, my hope is still anchored that God is for me. And that Jesus still is going to do something incredible, even when it doesn't seem that way. If you're here today, I want to ask you to do something. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to ask you to walk to the front. I'm not going to ask you to walk the aisle. I just simply want you to do this. No one's looking. I don't want to see you raise your hand today. If you say, Jason, today for the very first time, I want to give Jesus Christ my life. I want to place my hope in him. Not this, that, that, whatever the world's offering. Today, I raise my hand to heaven. And I'm asking Jesus Christ to come into my life to save me and be Lord of my life. If that's you, get your hand up right now. I want to see you. I want to see you. Anybody? There's one. Thank you. I see you. Anybody else today? Come on. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, you are the hope that our world needs. You're the hope that we need. May we never forget that.